Hey, beautiful. How are you? So recently I had the pleasure of speaking to the network of Zambians in the UN and I was talking about burnout and wellness in the workspace. So this is the conversation that you're going to hear. It is interview based. I am not used to being on the um, other side of the interview desk. So I was being interviewed um, by Muma Sinkala, love you girl. And it was a phenomenal conversation. So this is just a little bit of um, the conversation that we had. And I really wanted to share it with you guys, with my community, Africana Women. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you take something away from the tips and the, the things that I share in here. And as always, you know, when we have a conversation, it's not always about, um, you know, what the one person says, but really about our collective knowledge, right? So enjoy and let me know what you think. Okay, bye. Hello, ladies. How are you doing? Are you all well today? Okay, thank you so much for uh, coming into this meeting today. We're really so excited to be talking to the Chulu Chansa uh, about wellness uh, for your career longevity and it's going to be about burnout and it's really nice to see like the huge turnout that we have today uh, but before we begin I would really really like to say a huge thank you to the network of Zambians uh, in the UN abroad I think we're really grateful for giving us this huge opportunity to be able to have this communal space to be able to discuss uh, things that are so important to us as an African and Black community. Um, but before I do begin, I just wanted to uh, say a little bit of housekeeping. Please keep yourselves muted uh, while we're having this discussion. But if you need to prompt us or ask any questions, please just drop it in the chat. But yeah, we're going to begin this amazing discussion. And as I say, it's going to be about uh, an hour, 30 minutes, but it's going to be more of a discussion than like, you know, asking specific questions. We want it to be a discussion because we want it to be real. Um, the experiences that we all face as Africans, whether you're in the diaspora or not, are very real. And we want it to be more of a conversation between friends. Chulu and myself have known each other for a very long time now. And I think I'm really grateful that she brought me in on this. It's a huge opportunity for us to be able to talk about things that progress us as a community. So we'll get straight into it. Chulu Chansa, the Chulu Chansa, uh, speaker, writer, amazing podcaster, community builder, like her name, Chulu. Uh, I'm so proud of this lady. Uh, she started an amazing podcast called Africana Woman in 2020. And since then, she's won over, uh, I think, an award every year since then, since she started. Uh, she's had over uh, 116 episodes that she's recorded for this podcast, more than 17,000 downloads. I mean, I could go on and on about her greatness because she just inspires me so much. But on top of her inspiration, I've had the opportunity to know her as a friend and be able to uh, discuss some of the challenges that she's had uh, in her career, uh, some of the challenges that she's had um, just as an individual. So I feel like this is a beautiful space for us to be able to discuss in that way. So Chuluchansa, tell us who is Chuluchansa and a question that you really like to ask people at the end of your every podcast and what are you rooted to? <laughs> Please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Chulu. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Um, I'd love to reiterate Muma's um, thanks to the network of Zambians in the UN. This is such a wonderful platform, and this particular topic around wellness and well-being is one that is very dear and important to me. So it's a wonderful opportunity. Now, if you know me very well, and like Muma said, I'm a podcaster, so I'm kind of used to being in Muma's seat. So this is quite a new experience <laughs> to be ask the questions <laughs> but I am very very grateful um, I, I would also just love to add a few things to um, what Mumba had said about the housekeeping but more about how we're going to engage with each other today as you know we want this to be very interactive we want it to be um, a space where you are feeling safe you're feeling heard and the first thing that I always like to say is that one when we have conversations like this, we may not always agree, and that's absolutely fine. So even if we don't agree, I'd just love for you to speak to each other with respect, even if it's an opposing view. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I always say is that emotions are normal. We live in a world that has tried to make us suppress our emotions, but trust me, they are normal. So if any come up, please just let them flow through you. Then the other thing that I'd love for you to do today, and this is just to let us know that, okay, we've got an active audience. If there's something that you hear that resonates with you, that you feel like, ah, yeah, I really understand what way that's coming from. I would love for you to type in the chat, Yevo, yes. Okay. Yevo, yes. So we know that, hey, okay, we've got people listening, all right? And I believe, yes, Yevo, yes, just like that. So I believe that when we come into a space like this, even though we have a speaker who is myself and, you know, people who are presenting in a sense, I do believe that we are a collective of information. So if you feel that, oh, okay, I, I can say something about a certain topic, a certain point, please type it in the chat. And don't feel like, oh, no, true. Only, it's the only person with the answers. That's not true. And then my final one is to be open-minded. Um, or as people like to say, or my coach likes to say, be coachable. <laughs> so there may be things that are said, that are mentioned, that make you feel uncomfortable, that challenge you, but be open. Be open to the things we'll discuss and just have an open mind. Okay, so to the question, oh my goodness, who am I? <laughs> so my name is Chulu Lucy Tendai Chansa. Yes, um, actually, there's a couple more names in there. <laughs> and they are on my passport. And everyone asks me, why do you have so many names? Um, but anyway, I am Zambian. I am based in Kabwe. So I've been here for about a year and a half and um, absolutely loving it. I have a son. He is 15 years old and it's just the two of us. Um, I, let me see. I grew up in, I grew up on the Copper Belt. I was born in Osaka, but I grew up on the Copper Belt and I grew up with my mom and my sister. So it was a very small household. So whenever people talk about, oh, we had seven siblings, six, I'm like, yo, I don't know how that's going to work. Like, <laughs> it's too much for me. <laughs> 
And um, I went to Insanta. I went to um, Fatima for secondary school. Um, you know, so, you know, the whole boarding school um, with the with the nuns did that. And then afterwards, I... Um, I won a scholarship to go study the International Baccalaureate in um, the UK. So I was there for two years, and then I went to the States for five years, where I did my um, where I did my bachelor's degree. So my major was in architectural studies, which I have never used, surprisingly. <laughs> and we're like, why don't you design? And I'm like, Ugh. Well, if you see my name on Instagram, it's Chulu by Design. So I say that because I believe that I'm a designer. I'm a designer at heart. Um, uh, when I finished high, when I finished university, I was designing. Um, I was designing clothes, so I was doing fashion. That's uh, Komishi Designs, and then we transitioned into doing a wedding cakes. Um, where I, at the height of that career, I was nominated as one of the best wedding cake designers in Zambia, and then, um, and then from there, I feel like. The work that I do right now is about designing spaces and even I think I keep that those creative juices. If you see all of the graphics um, for Africana Woman, that's all me. Everyone's always asking me, who's doing your graphics? And I'm like, it's me, you guys. It's me. So <laughs> I think that I can probably end there. Oh, you asked me, what am I rooted to? I am I'm rooted to freedom. Um there is just something about me that doesn't like to be chained um, and restricted. So I tend when I when I find myself in situations like that, I tend to start um, getting uh, rebellious, for lack of a better word. But you know, trying to get out of that. Uh, so I would definitely say I'm rooted to freedom, freedom of my spirit, freedom of my my heart and freedom of my creativity. I truly believe all that because I have seen your designs. I worked with you and it always blows my mind. It's crazy that I had no idea that you, your major was architecture design. <laughs> I now know who's going to design my house guys. So if you're Chulu's friend, you know who can design your house. Chulu, that was just amazing. Um, so basically you've lived in the diaspora, you lived in Zambia, um, in Africa, did you only live in Zambia and then go straight to the UK or have you lived in other African countries as well? You have? I haven't lived in other African countries. No, I haven't. I have visited uh, quite a number. Uh, still want to visit more. Um, but yeah, I I think the longest times that I've, you know, if you're going to say like a year, I feel like a year or so, can say I live here, right? But you know, longer than that, then it's been Zambia, um, the UK, Spain, and um, the US. Wow. So you've been all over the diaspora. Very interesting. So, okay, so today's discussion is about wellness, longevity in your career, professional career. And the topic that you chose was burnout. And I'm particularly interested in finding out, first of all, why you chose burnout specifically. And what I'd like to know is give us a brief um, history of, of your career, how it began, um, what influenced your wanting to talk about burnout? 
Mm. So I am a career burnout person. <laughs> I have burnt out three times. You would think I learned the first time. No, I burnt out the first time, the second time, the third time. That's when I opened my eyes and I said, Sis, can you get it together? So, um, yeah, I think burnout is one of those things that is not talked about. You know, I feel that there are many addictions in this world and um, being a workaholic is one of them. However, it's, it's, it's a socially accepted addiction, you know, and it's very hard for people to um, get out of that cycle. And then it's very easy to get birth out without realizing that you're on that path to it. So because I've been there three times <laughs> and because um, as a brand, um, which is Africana Woman, our, um, our mission, why we exist is to help African women embody wellness, self-love, health, well-being. So this topic is very, very important to me. Now, in regards to my career, um, so when I left the state, I uh, I came back and I was, you know, floundering for lack of a better word. And the first uh, job that I had was with a um, a lodge, a backpacker. Uh, I was helping out there. That didn't last very long. And then after that, I kind of um, was in the wind because it's very hard to explain a um a liberal arts degree to people because anyway if you know the liberal arts it's it's a degree that's um, quite diverse so you can adapt in different situations but when you take your degree and it says architectural studies but you're applying for something else people don't quite understand the match so it took me a while to actually get um, a job so probably came back 2009 I got my first job in 2011 and I was working as a um, and a receptionist at a advertising company. I probably stayed there for about three or four years. And then I moved on to, um, be a, a manager, uh, office manager in a startup company. And this was on the copper belt. So it was a mining related company. It was a factory. So this was open 24 seven every single day. And I found myself in a situation where there was no boundaries at all in terms of um, what was my personal life and then what was work life. If something happened at 2 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday, I would get the call and I would have to go there and get this, the, the situation fixed. Like any single time of day, I was always on call. So I stayed in that job and then um, burnt out. That's the first one. Um, and then I moved on to another job, which was um, a hotel manager. And um, again, when you're in the when you're in um, the hospitality industry, it's six days on, one day off. But as the manager, I was the one who was opening up in the morning. I was locking up at at midnight. You know, if some, you have to wait for the client to leave and you're like, please go. Um, if there was an issue, a problem, I'm the person to call. So even on that one day off, I'm still working. I'm still always on. Um, so guess what? 
I burned out again. And then, um, then I took a bit of a break, a uh, longer break. But then, you know, everybody started looking at me like, ah, sis, you're not doing anything. <laughs> but then I had to jump back into the workforce. Um, so I, uh, worked as a uh, I did a short contract and then I eventually started working in the education space and I was working with admissions um in that space I think about four four years down yeah about four years down I found myself in a situation where I was having anxiety attacks literally where I would be in a, a parking lot and I've just gone shopping. I come and sit in the car and I just burst out crying hysterically, just crying, sobbing, not able to drive because if I drive, I'm going to have an accident. You know, um, I was so miserable. I was, um, like I, I mentioned before, you know, you have your job and then you have your, um, other business. So at that time I had the wedding cake business. So I was burning both ends of the candle and you can imagine with, um, with the load shedding, it was a nightmare. Listen, you know, you put a cake in, the power goes and you're like, Oh my gosh, the ingredients are finished. It's midnight. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> this cake is due in the morning. Anyway, um, yeah, so I was just really, really stressed. And um, I found myself on a long weekend, much like this one, uh, which we just had. And I just, I was alone and I just lay in bed and I was crying. I was weeping. I did not bath, did not eat, did not sleep for three days. It was just the lowest of the lowest. And when I got to that last day, I told myself, do you know what? Enough is enough. Because if you do not do something right now to interrupt this, I don't know if you're going to be here in the next six months. You're not suicidal. It's just that anything can happen. Your body can just shut down, you know, stroke, heart attack, whatever. Like, I just knew that I had to do something. So the first thing that I did was I went to therapy. And then the second thing that I did was I found coaching. And through the coaching, I found community. And that was really the beginning of my healing journey and really beginning to unpack why had I been in those situations so many times, three times to burn out. Why had that happened? And what can I do going forward? So I'll just stop there. Wow. Wow. Uh, ladies, I'll just ask a quick question in the chat. How are you feeling right now? Just listening to Chulu speak about her own journey, speak about her career and the three stages of burnout that she went through. Um, thank you, Chulu. That was really, uh, I almost started crying. I was like, Muma, get it together. You can't start crying. You, you're moderating. Um, I wanted to reel it back in and ask you a question that maybe some people may not even know because I found that a lot of people don't even know what burnout is. So some people may be experiencing burnout, but they don't even know they're burnt out. Uh, they, they may not know what the symptoms look like, what, what it is. Um, in terms of yourself, because we want to keep it personal to you, what were this, the things that happened? You've mentioned, obviously, 
you noticed that you were looking at looking up really late you were uh, being asked to come to work at crazy hours and you were just doing it anyway were those like were those the origins of when you realized you're starting to burn out or was it like way before that because it's been understood that burnout can be something that's ongoing burnout isn't just one weekend you're tired and that's it burnout can be for years even so what what were the origins of your burnout like specifically could you when you sat down and reflected after your healing can you point out an actual period of when you think that was when it actually began because i think it can give people context for their own lives to be able to note like when what burnout could look like for them mm. well i think when it comes to knowing when it began um I, I honestly don't think I can necessarily pin down like when it began. I think it began when I was accepting those um, positions without, you know, clear boundaries. <laughs> That's when it began. Because, you know, when you go into a workspace or in any environment, you are the one that teaches people how to treat you, right? So I feel, you know, like when you see little kids, um, or babies, they kind of test you <laughs> as a parent, right? I think if you're a mom, you know what I mean? They're like testing you, they're testing your boundaries. And I think it's the same thing with the workplace. They're going to test you. They'll be like, oh, can you come in at this time? Oh, can you do this extra work? Can you stay this longer hours? Can you, you know, and you just keep saying yes, 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 yes. Then it's like, okay, let's just give her everything, you know, she, she's game for everything, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think it's very, very difficult to be able to actually pin down an exact moment. But I'll tell you the symptoms, In it's really in retrospect that I said, oh, okay, that's what it was actually called. Because at the time of experiencing it, I didn't have a name for it, right? So it's only afterwards when I said, oh, okay, now I know what those things were. What I experienced, that's what it was. And really, it's, I think it's when you've pushed yourself to your limits and you are literally just either existing or just surviving. Like you're just in a state of existing, surviving on, um, it's like every day you're just moving in automatic mode. You know, it's like a robot every day. Getting out of bed is a struggle. Even that same bed that you're lying in, you didn't even have sleep. You had insomnia, you know, um, and you were up the whole night. And it's, it's the different signs that your body is telling you. So, you know, you can have some sort of, um, consistent, um, med- physical problem, like your physical body, a consistent problem. There was a period in my life where I had a running stomach. For two years straight, oh. I would go to the doctor. They would tell me, they'll give me this medication, that medication. No, you've got an infection in your bowels. You've got this, you've got that. Two years straight. That is your body telling you, hey, slow down. We need a break. You know, I, um, there's so many things that would trigger me and and you know raise my 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 heart rate so things like the notifications on my phone 
I, I they just used to stress me out. <laughs> the ping, 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 ping all over the show. I, I just, I couldn't. I just couldn't. And then uh, one day, I don't know who I was listening to. I don't know if it was Stephen Bartlett or someone. And he says, oh, you can turn off your notifications. And I was like, wait, you can actually do that? That's actually a feature? Oh, my God. That was, like, life-changing. <laughs> so, you know, there are different things that just come up and stress you. And then uh, I would say even just one is when you look at the quality of the relationships that you have with your, um, you know, with your loved ones, with your friends, with your family, are they in the brunt of your stress? Right, because I think a lot of times we are stressed out about different things, or we're stressed out from things that have happened at work, and then we come home and we take it out on the people that we love. Yeah. Do you actually spend quality time with the people that you love? So I can tell you, I was not a nice person to be around because I was always tired, I was always stressed, I was always irritated. So, I, like, I honestly cannot even imagine like what my family had to endure <laughs> when they were around me, Shem. Um, and yeah, I think it was just, yeah, it was just, I'd say some of those are some of the, the symptoms, I guess, for me yeah. when I look back. Yeah. For me, I feel like there's, oh, there's so much that you've spoken about and I have so many more questions. Somebody in the chat, Agnes, is saying chronic fatigue is equal to women. And mm-hmm. Agnes, I'm going to give you statistics at the end because I love statistics uh, that were done by McKinsey. They did a survey on women after the pandemic and they actually realized that uh, over 60% more than men, 60% of women more than men in professional careers have burnout. They're burnt out, especially leaders. But at the same time, they're the ones like carrying the majority of the organizations that they work in. Um, but it makes sense because when you're a woman, your job doesn't stop at work. It actually goes on at home because you're a mom, you're a sister. And I feel as women, we tend on to take much more, take on much more than uh, we're required to. I don't know if it's an innate thing. Uh, I feel like it always goes down back to culture. I think it's also a culture thing. Brenda and I were just discussing just before Chile, you entered the conversation, um, we were discussing how the nuances to our culture that affect why we behave, how we behave, what we think. And I feel like that there's also a lot to be said about burnout when it comes to Africans as well. We still have a whole lot of work to do when it comes to mental health. What is mental health even? The reason I asked you to um, describe what burnout is, is exactly the, you know, that, that, a lot of people do not even know what it looks like because they they just get on with things. They think it's normal to just be exhausted all the time. That's what women go through anyway. That's what my mothers went through. You just get on with it and you just be strong. And it creates a very like a horrible pattern for us. Um, and the question that I have around boundaries um, was the first question was around career. Some people might be in this conversation and they're thinking, okay, truly you were able to just get up and leave your job. What if I can't just get up and leave my job? Because there are people who, for example, have like a whole household depending on them. And even if they're burnt out or not, they got to do what they got to do. So the burnout continues until whatever happens. Like, what would you say to people like that? Was it easy for you to just like, oh, I'm quitting today? Um I would really like you to like give an honest answer on that bit because a more elaborate answer as well, because I think 
sometimes people don't know how to do that with with this specific people you went to with the things that you did to be able to just get up and be like i think i can quit with the steps that you took before you actually quit as well mm. okay so i think first let me um uh, speak to the person that still wants their job because <laughs> i think it's very important stay in your job guys um i think that boundaries only work when you communicate them right um i think a lot of times we want to have boundaries but we say them to ourselves but we don't communicate them to the people around us so whether it's our workmates whether it's our family whoever it is you need to be able to communicate your boundaries and then also explain what the implications of someone crossing that boundaries is going to be okay so for example if you're at work i think one of the um one of the things that tend to happen especially when we let's say wake up you know let's just start our day we tend to be reactionary we're always reacting to things around us so if we wake up and we turn on our phone and then we see a uh, you know something on instagram or on social media that triggers us we get stressed we get irritated we're reacting you get when we go for checking or even on the way to work the first thing things your emails and then you're yeah you're just reacting because you get into the office and now you're just replying to people replying to people you're not getting much done so always reacting so what i would say is what you want to do is to be able to take control of your own time okay and be able to say listen i will not give yourself a boundary <laughs> i am not available on social media between x time to x time for me it's 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. and then i let people know and say hey if if it's an emergency you call not whatsapp messages da 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 all of that i'm not going to be able to check it and then it lets people know that okay this is yeah 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 setting expectations like okay mama is going to be available after this time or if it's your emails you can put an automatic reminder this email will be responded to at this and this time in the afternoons so when you get in you are productive you're able to go in and just work work do the things that you need to do and then you can start going through the emails looking through them and you know whatever else just i think we get stressed because it seems like we're always putting out fires all the time all the time but that's because you haven't taken control of your own time but to take control of your own time you need to be able to communicate and say this these are my boundaries please adhere to them otherwise this and this will happen so um in terms of my own experience uh mama i didn't have a plan <laughs> it's not even that i had privilege or anything like that i was literally i was finished i was i was just tired. i i couldn't do it anymore i didn't have a plan i just said literally my brain like i woke up on a day and my brain said you can't go back to work and i went and i said i can't do this anymore so um i i wouldn't advise that 
at all. <laughs> but I'll tell you, uh, the, that was the first and the second time. Then the third time, um, that, that one, I stayed in that job. It wasn't a, a question of I'm going to leave because I went and did the work and did and got the help. I asked for help. And then I was able to stay functional in my work environment. In the first and second burnout, you just randomly quit and you had no plan. In the last one, you kind of had a plan and you knew that even though you liked what you were doing and helping other people, you knew that this is not the way that you wanted to work for yourself and you had um, you had made a promise to yourself. And I think there's also something to be said about that. Honoring yourself also begins with keeping the promises you make to yourself first, not just other people. So if you know that, you know, you've burnt out before and some of the things that you experienced was this and this and that, being able to stick to what you told yourself, I think is truly important. And I like that. I assume you did that, Chulu, in the last one and you were able to navigate yourself out of that. Um, did you give yourself a period of time um, in the last one? Like you knew as you went into this job, you liked it. The moment you started experiencing burnout, did you give yourself a set number of years? And what were the factors that influenced that? Was it money? Um, was it a certain amount of money you had to raise? Was it looking for another job? What were the things that you did to prepare yourself to be able to move out of the position that was burning you out? Mm. Okay, for me to answer that question, um, I need to speak about, I guess, my healing journey. Um, as I mentioned, I went and I went for therapy, and I also um, uh, had a coach, and uh, I found community. Right now, one thing that became very clear is that you know you. Some of these, um, not even some, the negative uh, cycles and behaviors that we go through have a root cause, okay? And when you do not deal with the root cause, whether you move to another job, and that's what happened with me, one, two, three, because I hadn't dealt with them. So when I did not deal with the root cause, it didn't matter whether I changed my environment. That that wouldn't have helped. That didn't help. I had to deal with the root cause. Now, my story, um, I, I know at the beginning I was uh, a bit more general because I knew we would get here. But um, when I was in university, I got um, pregnant in my last year. So in my final year. And... I mean, you know, just coming from, a, a, you know, an African home, you know how um, how much shame that is, um, how disappointing, you know, it was it was just the most earth shattering moment for me because I just felt so much weight of the shame, and um, I I I. I I think one of the reasons why I, I worked as hard as I did and pushed as hard as I did is because I wanted to prove to people like, oh, I'm not a fake, I'm not an investment, you know? So I was, you know, trying to make a point and prove a point, you know? 
And then um, when I came back to uh, when I came back to Zambia and I got the first uh, well the second job, yeah, uh, I found myself in a situation where I was raped by two men, and I did go for therapy, but um, which I think helped me to to be functional. But from that. I was also running away from just the shame. Because, you know, I feel like you know, when you live in certain towns and everybody knows each other, you feel like, oh, it's such a small community. Everybody knows my business. That's my problem. But anyway, um, so then I was in Lusaka and the jobs that I got were on the copper boat. So then I was running away. I was running away from that pain, from that shame, all of that, right? And by the time that um, I got to the educational institution, I knew that I wanted to be um, in the creative space. Well, it's something that had, you know, I, like I said, I started a business, um, but everybody was looking at me like, you don't have a job. And I'm like, my cake is, my cake's are my business, you know. But I think, you know, just with our, our society where they tell you, you know, you have to be in that nine to five. You have to have um, that corporate type of job and position and don't necessarily believe in um, entrepreneurial endeavors and you don't get that support. So then you, it was very hard to stay true to what I actually really wanted. So I put myself in a corporate space and then I was miserable because that was not where I was meant to be. So going through the therapy, <laughs> that made me realize that one, you can try to outrun your pain, but it will always catch up. It will always catch up. And, and two, the reason why, you know, I, I just kept myself so busy, just working all the time, busy, 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 workaholic, all of that, was because I didn't want to have that honest conversation with myself because that's very difficult in itself yeah. to say this this isn't where you're supposed to be. Wow. This isn't where you're supposed to be. To have the conversation with myself that those, the, you know, I was pregnant in university. Um, I did graduate, by the way. <laughs> I, um, you know, I was sexually violated by these two people, but those things happen to me, but they do not define me, you know, so to be able to unpack those things, then that gave me the, the license, the release to be able to say, Hey, this is, this is a great place. It was a great working environment, but it was not for me. Right. So, um, I hope and then to transition out to I did was I um, 
I, w- I was more strategic. I made a plan, like a an exit plan. Um, yeah. I did leave a bit sooner than that, but um, I think that it did help to have that exit plan. You know, working on the savings, um, thinking about um, how to restructure my life, downsize my um, my normal expenses, things like that. So yeah, it was much more uh, thought through and calculated. Yeah. Uh, I had a question on the last bit. Did you, was there any people that you went to in the period of making calculations when you now knew, okay, I'm starting to get burnt out in this space and these are the actions that I want to take. Was there any people that kept you accountable? Because I think that's also something that's really important when you're transitioning having a safe space of people, whether it be friends, your mom, sisters, wherever it is you trust to be able to help you navigate. Like, you know, you tell them this is the goal where I wish to go to and I need you to keep me accountable. How did that look like? Were there people that you had? Is there any advice yeah. you have on? Well, yeah, to be clear, I was, I, I burnt out. <laughs> I was burnt out when I was lying in my bed. Uh, for those three days, I was burnt out. Um, and then I had to come, like, do the healing, pull myself out. And then I stayed in my workplace for um, probably two and a half more years. In terms of, uh, you know, exiting my, my workplace, I, as I mentioned, I did have community. So it's called, um, we're called uh, Purpose to Platform. And um, this is a community that's by Patrice Washington. Uh, which I'm a part of, and the women that I met in there um, were just phenomenal. They uh, supported me. They loved me through it. They cried with me. <laughs> and, yeah, it was. I got all of the support that I needed through that. Wow. Amazing. So, okay, I'm going to shift the conversation just a little bit uh, to go back to your podcast and your career, because I feel um, this conversation is about career longevity and wellness in your career. We've spoken about burnout. You are an amazing podcaster. You've done 116 episodes talking to amazing African women from around the world. I'm grateful to have been on your podcast before as well. And what I wanted to find out was, since we're talking about burnout, was there a particular episode that you had where you had an amazing coach or speaker who spoke about something so that everyone today can go and like listen to that actual discussion and maybe get tips if there's any that they can learn. Was there yeah, a absolutely. Um, There's a conversation that I have with uh, Dr. Ambika Sampat. Um, and you her name? Uh, Ambika. Ambika. A-M-B-I-K-A. Ambika Sampat. Okay. Yes. So it's called um, the Supermom Trap. Mm-hmm. And she speaks about how, you know, you know, she had an amazing career and um, she was, she's also Zambian, but she went, she lived in Australia and then she um, found herself in the UK, starting a young family. And like, she just wanted, to, she was trying to do everything by herself, you know? Um, and then there was also a crisis with a health crisis with her husband. And, you know, they got to a point where they just said, you know, we need to change things around because it's not working. Um, and that was a burnout story. And it's, it's very fascinating because then, uh, she came back to Zambia and they got, they, 
they were stuck here because of uh, COVID. But, you know, just being around family, being in an environment where, you know, you can hire somebody to come and clean. Because we know in the, you know, in the diaspora, it's not quite the same way. You can just hire somebody to come and clean and help (laughs) out, be a nanny, all of that. You know, it's much more expensive. But, you know, just having that support and she just thought, wow, there's actually a different way to do this, to do life, to to just get support. And I think even when she was having her second child, she was very intentional, even whilst in the UK, to reach out to her community, a community of friends to come and support them and, you know, just be there. Yeah, so definitely recommend that conversation, the super mom trap. Do you remember what episode number it was? Not exactly. It should be in the hundreds. Okay, um, so just go to the African Woman blog because normally when you do a podcast, you write about the episode, don't you? Probably. Um, if you you can go to our website, which is um, africanawoman.com and uh, you'll find everything there. You'll find the blog, the um, the podcasts, and everything else. Yeah. Okay, I've shared uh, africanawoman.com in the chat. And the lady that Chulu spoke to was Ambika Sampat on the super mom trap. Wow, this conversation has been mind-blowing. I mean, I could go on and on because it's just like so many layers to burn out being an African, being Black, being an African woman, being the diaspora. But just lastly, the last point that you've spoken about, which is being able to reach out to community. I'm going to say this as an African in the diaspora. It's so true. We do not realize the um, the luxury and the sacredness of community when we're in Africa because we take it for granted. It, we take for granted being able to even knock at your neighbor's door, even if they're not your blood. We take for granted being able to call on your aunties, your friends and sisters because they're just always there because it's what we do in Africa. But when you're in the diaspora, it's much, much harder. And I'm not sure how many people in the chat here are in the diaspora. Um, I would say some of the things she will say, try to join an online community. If you have not been able to have a community, you know, within you, you'll be able to find like Zambians in the UK, Zambians in the US, try and find your community. And sometimes your community isn't Zambians. Please like be open, as Chulu said in the beginning of this conversation. Sometimes your community could be other people from other countries and they might help you to be able to deal with your burnouts and some of the issues. But I think we should open up the conversation, Chulu, so that other people um, should be able to speak with us. But before we do that, um, I would like you to share with us some resources, if there's any that you have uh, with us. Is there a journal or anything like that? And if you have an ask, um, I like to do this whenever I'm moderating a session. Do you have an ask from the ladies and the gentlemen in this conversation today who are listening? Is there any ask that you have as a creator of Africana Woman? What support do you require? What would you like to see changing or improving? Please go for it. Okay. Um, I think uh, my ask is... uh, an invitation, more like, 
for you to join Africana Woman. Um, I believe that Africana Woman is such a beautiful, beautiful space. We have um, different communities. Um, and I, I guess you can join at whatever comfort level you feel most comfortable, you know. But if you really, really are missing that connection with, um, fellow African women, cause you know, one of the, I think one of the, one of the things that I always found, especially when I was in the States, I think, was, it was, it was just a bit disturbing to always be grouped as a black woman, you know, but like, I'm not African American. I'm African, you know, I'm an African woman. And that comes with so many things with, um, the way that we speak, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, there's so many, um, nuance, an African person and an African woman, right? And I absolutely miss that um, to be able to not have to change my accent to just talk and people understand me the way that I am you know and I think it's such a beautiful um, space when you join Africana Woman we have a global community and it's also a diverse group um, we have women who are you know from the early 20s to 50s um, and I think just briefly just to describe we've got a book club so Obviously, you can read the blog, you can listen to the podcast. Please listen to the podcast um, and share it. Uh, we also have a book club, which is so vibrant and lively. And then we have the Africana Woman Visionaries, which is a space where if you are looking for accountability, you are looking for a safe space, because I love it when we have events like this. I love it when we can meet together. But I always feel at the end that the the inspiration that you got kind of dies down after a little while, you know, after a few weeks. But when you keep yourself in a community that is always celebrating you, collaborating with you, pushing you to be the best version of yourself, then that application of the things that you learn in different spaces really becomes alive in your life. And you begin to embody the things that you say you want, right? So it, I, I cannot um, stress enough how much I would love for you to join the Africana Women community. Um, yeah, so that's my ask. Oh, and, and we have retreats. How can I forget? <laughs> this year we have a retreat in Marrakesh. We have, um, and these are wellness retreats. So there's a retreat in Marrakesh, um, in Livingston and in Lower Zambezi. So again, if you go to the website, you'll be able to find out uh, more information about all of them. And please do join us. Yes, uh, ladies, you heard it here first. And I'm just going to say one little thing. I have known Shulu since the inception of all these ideas and seeing them come to fruition has been mind blowing to me and beautiful, really, to see her and support her. And I will say my favorite part of everything she does is the Africana Woman Book Club. I love reading. And that book club is one of the most safest spaces. And I think I've been in each of your communities, Chulu. And I'll say that I've been able to see you replicate everything you do in each community, even within the book club. Imagine going to a book club and you haven't read the book for the month, 
but you get to the book club and you can still contribute because when they discuss the characters in the book, they're talking about real life. They're talking about things that affect all of us, but you are welcome. It doesn't matter what your reading level is. If you just listened to the book rather than read it, no one feels more important. And that's how, like, what a beautiful community Chulu has created. And I'm really just hoping, even if you don't end up joining, and I pray that you do end up joining the Africana Woman community, that you find communities like that. I feel like in communities like that, you can recognize when you're burning out. You can recognize when you need support. And the one thing I will say is, as African people, one of our biggest things that we find difficult is asking for help. It was very highlighted in Chulu's conversations when she spoke about shame. That was something I was talking with a friend today before on a completely different subject. And we touched on shame and how shame shackles us in when we achieve things. We fail to talk about the things we've achieved because we don't want to be shamed into looking like we're boasting. You know, when we don't achieve things, we are shamed into, you know, we haven't achieved certain things. But I think the more you have supportive communities, the more you can unlearn and let go of certain things and heal the burnouts and all these other things that we're talking about and have a better life. So ladies, you can come off mute now completely, <laughs> those that want to come on. But Chulu, in the chat, we have amazing conversation going on here. I don't know if you've had a chance to read some of the comments. Um, I'm going to read, if you don't mind, or Chulu, if, if you want, you can read McKinney's Queen, she raised a point and she said, a lot of people talk about burnout, but they do not really know what this word means. And this is so true. From what you've described, you definitely had burnout. And I'm glad that you did the right thing, which is getting help. Although I've never experienced it, I know I know it firstly from having studied human behavior for decades, but more from coaching clients. The answer to the question, where does it start? The answer is the start of burnout is not an event. We're all on a continuum at different levels of stress. And if you do not realize that you're getting out of control, you go over the tipping point. And once you're over the edge, the recovery process is not a flip of a switch. The best remedy is a kind of awareness that you are busy creating right now because prevention is better than cure. Thank you so much to the Network of Zambians in the UN abroad. Thank you for this opportunity and this platform to be able to speak about wellness and well-being, especially in the workplace. It was a beautiful conversation. We actually went on for another 30 to 40 minutes with questions, uh, contributions. And, you know, I also learned so much from uh, the people that were in that particular space. So just as a continuation and, you know, you're kind of thinking, hmm, where do I really stand in all of this? What I've done is I've created a wellness assessment. It's a wellness self-assessment, which you can do. And the wonderful thing about it is it gives you a picture of where you are right now. And it also gives you suggestions of little things that you can change and implement in your life right now, today and how it can make the world of a difference, like so much more of a difference. So if you want to do this wellness self-assessment, all you have to do is go to the show notes and click the link. And I hope that it really helps you. So again, thank you so much. Thank you to the network of Zambians in the UN abroad. It was such a pleasure. 
And I would love to continue these conversations in different spaces. If you would like me to come and speak with your organization, please do reach out. I think this is such an important thing that we should be talking about more and more. Talk to you soon. Bye.